0: This is The Confident Collective Podcast with your hosts, Christina Zias and Rayanne Langis, two plus-size models and body activists here to get
1: real and candid about living your most confident life. Get ready for powerful conversations that will leave you laughing, motivated, and inspired. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Confident Collective podcast, right? I'm just so happy that we're back this year. Honestly, like having those couple weeks off as much as I was like, okay, I needed a break. Just because you know, I had a baby. Um, It just feels like it was like my favorite part of the week is recording these podcasts. So I'm just so happy we're back in our groove and in our rhythm.
0: Me too. And for you not getting very much sleep. You are energized today. Oh my gosh. Let wow. me tell you.
1: I do not see this huge iced coffee oh. <laughs> have in front of me.
0: That is why the literally is like oh, bigger my. than my
1: head. Honestly. Look at this glass. It's huge. Um
0: uh, no, you've got to do what you gotta do. Okay,
1: we have to talk about something. So I know you shared this with our listeners before. You've shared this on your stories and on TikTok. But, Ray, you uh, auditioned or you applied to be a contestant on The Bachelor. Uh, I know you were obsessed with Matt James for a hot minute. And I know that you finally, I mean, unfortunately, you weren't chosen. Screw them. Um, Anyways, their their problem, not yours. Um, You finally watched The Bachelor.
0: What were your thoughts? I mean, I, so like I told you, I've like seen bits and pieces of The Bachelor and you obviously are very like part of, Bachelor Nation. I feel like.
1: I mean, for those of you who don't know, <laughs> so I you know a lot. I hosted a podcast about the Bachelor for maybe like four years, where we interviewed contestants. One of my very good friends, Ashley, who was on our podcast, um, her and her husband mm. are good friends of ours. They obviously fell in love on the Bachelor. So yeah, I I'm not in Bachelor Nation, but I I know a lot.
0: Basically, yeah. So I, but I have never like sat down and watched a season like from start to finish like never really I've only seen like bits and pieces so I was like okay it's Matt James I he is oh mm, mm, don't get me started so dreamy I was like I gotta watch it and I only applied because I knew he was gonna be on it I would never have applied if it was anyone else but that's what they all say as a, but seriously <laughs> no, you but it, were trying to get me to go on it for a long time and i was like no 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 but wasn't it the second that i knew he was
1: going to be on it i was like Ray, you need to apply right the second so i yeah. i know that you're being yeah. truthful about it but it, it is funny because they now that you watched it yeah. isn't that what they all said
0: but that's what, I <laughs> that's what they all I say know. <laughs> that's what they all say but okay i couldn't get over i know there's always a stereotype of like everyone being really beautiful but like Every woman on there was like gorgeous, stunningly. Like, is this even more so than one last season's? Uh, I'm
1: like, every, I mean, yeah, like, I think the women were gorgeous. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they're always really beautiful, though
0: the girl that I thought like the girl who had the spaghetti Matt went in on that spaghetti kiss I could not even believe it oh yeah she was. Did you see that I did see that but I
1: have to be honest with you I always hate the first episode of The Bachelor I just think it's the most boring and like just phony um and it's hard for me to watch I like to watch it like as it we get more into it and we get to know the contestants um so Mm -hmm. I always feel like the first episode I'm like half paying attention to but what were your thoughts on Matt because I mean I think he's a very good looking guy he's seems like a really nice guy and cool guy but at first I was like oh my gosh this feels so boring
0: was that just me see when you were calling him boring on your story I was like kind of getting a little angry were you that you offended were talking about him that way <laughs> I was like how dare she he is nervous I mean He, he, You could tell he was nervous, Mm -hmm. but I also feel like because I'm like a stage 10 creeper and follow him on every single platform, I've really been able to see his personality shine through, but I will agree with you. His personality isn't shining through quite yet um, on the show. I sound so fucking creepy. No, no, it's so funny. (laughs) But when I said
1: that I thought he was boring on stories, I got so many responses and it was like either people were like oh my gosh he's the most boring person ever thank you thank you or people were like um I went to high school with him and actually he's not boring he's the life of the party I was like whoa (laughs) whoa, whoa!" yeah so it's funny I do think that he was really nervous he's never been in this position before obviously he was not on reality tv he wasn't on the bachelorette before so it's like totally a new experience um and also night one is just so awkward so I could understand that but I I stand by what I said. I think that his personality was not shining through, but I'm excited to see the season um, and give him a chance. And what would you think about the prayer that he did? (laughs) I I was like, I I could, I was like, I feel like this is
0: making Rand's panties drop right now. Okay. You literally read my mind. So here's the thing. I think, I la- I thought it was so hilarious that every single girl there was like mm, amen. their head, amen. <laughs> just shows us girls will do anything for a hot guy, dear like seriously, dear Lord, literally. Um but I honestly am really I got, I grew up Christian and I am really attracted to Christian guys. But at the same time, you got to be careful, Christian guys, because sometimes they will play you like a little fiddle. They're sneaky. They're like, oh, I love Jesus. I'm going to treat you right. And then, no, 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 no. They're still a man at the end of the day. But, oh, 100%. I was like, oh, that's sexy as hell. I found it very sexy. Woo. But... It was an interesting way to start it off. I don't think any bachelor's ever done that. I was reading before. um, But I just laughed at every single girl. Some of the girls are like, amen.
1: Yes. 100%. Well, I was dying. I was like, I mean, if that's what he believes in and like, that's what he wants to do. I was like, that's great for him. But the whole overall thing, that's why I'm saying night one just feels like so phony to me. Um, Yes. Yes. You know what? Something that like really bothered me. And I'm not going to lie. I feel like you do this too, right? I'm gonna call you out right now. But I felt Ooh, like my God. I felt like so many of the women were like, you're just so gorgeous. You're just like so gorgeous. And like we're just like building him up, building him up so much. And I'm like, woman, talk about yourself. Like tell him why you're so amazing. Like, why are you trying to hype this guy up? Like he wants to get to know you. Like you're just as amazing as he is. And I feel like mm-hmm. I kind of not to like be mean, but I feel like I could see you doing that too. But maybe that's just because you've said he's so gorgeous over the past like five months.
0: The thing is, I feel yes, a hundred percent in this situation, you are so correct. But I have learned but for me, I think of Matt James as like a celebrity crush. Mm -hmm. For me, it's not like a realistic thing. Like if I was actually on the show and I thought about this a lot, because I was like, if I go on, what would my approach be? I want be going up to him being like oh my god you're the most sexy man and that's because you made me read that book <laughs> you know, which hopefully i don't know. well anyway so i've been working on my you know dating etiquette and i wouldn't be throwing i don't think i'd be throwing myself at him like that but who knows i mean not throwing the, the girls were throwing themselves well some mm-hmm. of them were well, but I don't know if I would do that in real life, but be with Matt James, hundred percent. I have, cause he's like a celebrity crush in my brain. No, but you know, I have no chill. zero okay. chill.
1: No, but I'm glad that you know what I'm talking about and that you didn't take that offensively because oh, yes. you know what I mean? Like they are so many of them were know. doing that. and I'm like, you are just as gorgeous as him. If not more, you got this, you know,
0: mm-hmm. I completely agree. Well, I'm hundred percent invested and I'm excited to keep watching and I hope it does get better. I'm really ready for some drama. Um, Because they 100% kept some girls there for the drama. Always, always. Um, One last thing before
1: we get into today's episode. um, What are your thoughts? I'm going to say one more thing about The Bachelor. Is the fact that every single girl on there is so thin and has this like, quote unquote, perfect body, like media wise.
0: I mean, it's just fucking ridiculous. I did think it was so at the beginning of the episode. Chris Harrison was like, "We had a record-breaking number of people applying," and the, Matt is the first Black Bachelor. So, like, if that's any indication, people are sick of seeing the same thing. And this is like a very female-driven audience. And like, I'm honestly, I feel like they're at a turning point where if they don't start to show body diversity. I feel like it's going to go downhill, personally, maybe, I don't know, but I don't really know who the Bachelor audience is, but they, I think it's kind of sickening that they don't have anyone over, like, I don't, I hate to guess people's sizes just based on looking at them, but they're all, no one is above a size six.
1: Yeah, everybody, I mean, I don't know, I don't like to guess people's sizes either, but yeah. And remember when I told you when you were applying, one of my friends works for The Bachelor and I was like saying how we want to try and get Ray on and like how they need body diversity. And my friend was like, literally, Christina, the executive producer at one point was watching the show and there was a girl who was a size eight on there and he was like, get this freaking whale off my screen. And she was like sent home the next week.
0: See, I don't understand. How is he still like the fucking producer? Sorry I'm saying "essing." I get more like passionate about this.
1: Um, well, I think he's also the show creator, so that is probably why Mike Fleiss. Are we
0: gonna get in trouble for talking about this?
1: No, I don't give a <laughs> shit. What are they gonna do to us? I, I'd this be like, You I'm going you should be called out. You should be called out. Um, but anyways, oh. getting into that, I know um for our guest, we today on our podcast, we have Amanda Cosimore Perrin. She's a registered dietitian and nurse. Um, she's also part of the QLC Girl. So we had her on with Morgan and Caitlin back in November. And I know, Ray, you um, did a little question asking people for some of their questions for Amanda. And one of them was like, how do you stay body positive when you see women on like the That are so on The Bachelor that all look a certain way. So I thought that was really interesting.
0: Yeah. And it's such a good question. And it's like, how do you stay body positive when there literally is still shows like The Bachelor who has thousands and thousands of applications Mm -hmm. and the 25, 30 girls they picked are all very, very thin. It's hard. And it's honestly like really shitty that we're in this situation, um, that that's still what we're seeing. So I really hope that we see changes, but um, I'm excited to talk to Amanda today because just with like the Bachelor and it being the new year, there's so much pressure and like to lose weight right now and like diets and all of these things are being like on, they're always around us, but we're being even more inundated because it's the new year and we're told we need to completely change everything about ourselves do you do you have you been affected by them at all do you feel like that I used to but um I don't really feel like I need I mean I used to like go to bed every single night and be like tomorrow will be the day I lose weight and I would always like say the new year I'm gonna lose weight so not any as much anymore but I will I won't lie to you like thinking about Like, let's say I was actually on The Bachelor. I was actually really scared to be the first if I was on it. (laughs) But I have serious issues. I'm talking about like I actually got close. i never even heard back from my video. (laughs) But seeing that is like really, it is hard. Because all you see, that's why I don't follow. That's why I'm rambling so much. I'm sorry. But it is hard. But not as hard as it used to be because I've like worked on that. What do you think? Was it? Does this time feel extra challenging for you?
1: Um, I wouldn't say this time feels extra challenging for me just because it's the new year, but this time feels very challenging for me just because like my body has gone through so many changes. Um, I mean, over the past year, but even like within like the past month, I mean, like literally a month ago, I was like the biggest I've ever been. I had this huge belly. I just gave birth. And then like right after I gave birth, I like lost so much weight so quickly and then I feel like I gained weight back and like I just feel like my body's like fluctuating so much that I just don't even know how to feel or like I I don't even know how to feel I'm just trying to keep a human alive I'm trying to keep myself alive I'm trying to make sure that Dewey Boy's happy and Steve's happy so like I can't even like worry about that stuff right now um but I definitely feel like my body has been through so many changes over the past year and especially the past month that I, I'm struggling a little bit just trying to like figure it all out in a way
0: mm-hmm. that makes I mean sense. and I think it's oh totally and I think it's just okay to recognize that like right now it is harder yeah. because we are inundated by so much stuff so you're not alone um and that's why we're excited to talk to Amanda today just about healthy habits overall um And when it comes to weight loss, because a lot of you were interested in hearing from her on that. So we are very excited for you to hear this conversation um, and hopefully have some positive chat around things like nutrition and weight loss right now. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Okay guys, we are so excited to have Amanda back on the show. She's actually one of the QLC girls, so we had her on um oh my gosh before Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and afterwards. Christina like, "Oh my gosh, we have so much more we want to talk to her about." Um and it's very timely with this new year because there are like this is the time where it's like so much diet culture and all of these things of pressure to lose weight and all this stuff is Really, really, in our faces at the moment. um but Amanda, before we get started, can you tell us like your professional background and like what all these letters mean by your name um, and just educate us on that because I'm like, it's so hard to know who has like the background. So fill
2: us in, educate us. So um, MS means I have my master's in nutrition. And so nutritional sciences is what I got my master's in um, at Texas Tech University. And then RDN, I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist, which that means if you're ever wondering between like a dietitian or just a nutritionist, um, dietitians, we have to go through a four-year undergrad and then we go through a 1200-hour um internship that then we have to pass a national exam and then we have 75 continuing education hours every five years that we have to keep up with all the more most recent nutrition information so that's the difference between someone who just says that they're a nutritionist and someone who's a registered dietitian or a cns which is a certified nutrition specialist they have similar things to a dietitian just so you kind of know the differences of like education background of what all these things mean Um, and i was I'm a big, huge nerd whenever it comes to nutrition. And uh, my master's thesis was about fat metabolism and satiety hormones. And so I did. I don't even know what that is. I don't know (laughs) either of those. I need a breakdown, please. (laughs) Okay. So um, satiety hormones are the hormones that get released from your GI and then your large intestine that sends a signal to your brain that says you're full. And so certain hormones are released based on the different macronutrients. Is it possible I don't have those hormones because I feel like I'm like never <laughs> full? Like they don't, like there's missing, there's like some
1: transmission or something that's going on.
2: Well, Mine's it, it, like you're full, but one more bite. But <laughs> one more bite. One more bite. I think that that's it's all about that is part of our bodies though, too. And you're breastfeeding and you had a baby. And so metabolism is much different and then you know what sometimes one bite is okay Um, but i primarily looked at what types of fat ignite one satiety hormone more and it's like polyunsaturated fat so all of your um like salmon flax seeds omega-3s those sort of things help you stay full faster and longer than some of the other fats that's basically what my research found Okay. That is all so interesting. And there's, it's so
1: funny because I feel like you look at like food and nutrition and you're just like, this is supposed to be good for me. This is supposed to be bad for me, but there's like so much science that goes behind it. And like understanding that I feel like can give you such longer standing and healthier eating habits to know like why you're putting something in your body. Um, So just
2: even learning that about the hormones is pretty fascinating. Yeah, I think that I was actually talking to a member um, today. And just knowing the why behind everything gives you so much more motivation to do the thing or be able to understand. And I think that that's for me, I think that that's been the disconnect with a lot of traditional medicine or traditional ways of approaching diet or approaching health in general is that a lot of people just tell you what to do, but they never explain why you're supposed to be doing that and give you the education and the power and the knowledge to really understand your own body. And I think that, um, as long as how I've been practicing nutrition, I always said that if you work with me, I want you to eventually not need me because you're educated and you're able to like move forward and move on, um, and make decisions for yourself because you've gained the knowledge.
0: Right. And I think so many times people just look at food as like for the why is like, I'm going to eat this to lose weight, or it's just and, and we don't really think in about any other factors. But like, obviously, as I touched on in the beginning, right now, New Year's, we're really being inundated with a lot of new, you know, diet culture and feeling pressure to lose weight. Like I can't even tell you how many weight loss videos I've been seeing on TikTok and things like that. And obviously um, I do think that you can still losing weight. Isn't always a bad thing for people. It's completely based on every single situation, but how can people, do you have any tips if someone maybe does have new year's resolutions in relation to, nutrition or possibly losing weight. Do you have tips for them on a way to do it that's going to be healthy and sustainable?
2: Yeah, I think that first knowing that there's no quick fix. So anyone who's offering some sort of quick solution to weight loss or quick fix to anything that has to do with your weight or nutrition, that that's just going to perpetuate your feelings with food or perpetuate this up and down yo-yo dieting. Um, And so if someone's offering that to you, run super far away from it. Um, The things that I would say is that especially whenever you're trying to think about uh, making goals for yourself for nutrition or for your overall health, it's focusing more on like how you feel. Um, And I think focusing in on maybe looking not just at the food because I always like to talk about the foundation of things, right? And so if we tell you, if I come in and I'm like, these are some really quick chips to nutrition. This is what you can add in. This is what you take away. But then your foundation that you're trying to build that stuff on isn't solid. Anything that I say, even if it's a healthy approach, isn't going to stick. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so I always like to talk about the the pillars that I like my like people I work with to stand on is that you have to be focusing on your stress, your sleep, and your relationship with food. If those three things aren't solid, anything that we add in nutrition-wise probably isn't going to work because the three things that we're going to be falling back on, if you aren't dealing with the stress in your life and you're trying to lose weight, None of that weight loss is going to work because the stress is going to take over and either you're going to go back to poor eating habits or you're going to be increasing your amount of cortisol. So anything you try to do nutrition wise may be backfiring on you because you have so much stress. Um, If you aren't sleeping, then you're not reaching restorative sleep. So the next day, you're probably not going to be wanting to choose the foods that are going to make you feel really good. You're going to be wanting to choose the foods that make you feel quote unquote good. Does that make sense? I that makes a lot of sense. But it's also yeah. like kind Completely. of scary
1: because it's like, I mean, I think that makes it even more challenging, right? Because for me, for instance, right? Like I have a lot of stress in my life right now and I'm not sleeping that well and I want to eat healthy. But is it like almost what's the point of eating healthy if I'm not getting sleep? Like how do you manage all three of them in a sustainable way? Are there certain tips like you need to at least sleep six hours or like, this
2: is what you can do to manage your stress. I like to start super small. And so it's figuring out where in your day that you could have like maybe just a minute or two of some sort of like breath work or meditation or focus of being like, okay, I can do this. Or we, we, I also like to talk about taking some deep breaths before you eat just to help your digestion. But then it also gives you those like time to just kind of sit for yourself to be like checking in and be like, why am I eating? Am I, am I, how am I feeling? That sort of thing. Um, And then it's finding just like one thing that maybe you could do for your sleep of, I'm not going to look at my phone 30 minutes before I go to sleep so that I can at least have more melatonin, and I'm not getting a cortisol increase spike that could potentially help me be able to stay asleep and have a little bit more restful sleep. So it's not about these big changes, because even if you do just these little things throughout your day, your stress is going to go down and hopefully you're going to be sleeping a little bit better. Um, you're not. <laughs> Your sleep is much better than <laughs> everybody else's sleep that we're talking Sorry, about. Sorry, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> no, but those are those are
1: actually really great tips and like something that I could do because definitely like one of the first things, the last thing I do honestly before I go to sleep is look at my phone and it's pretty much the first thing I do as well as soon as I get up. Um and actually, Ray, Ray and I texted earlier today and I asked her if she saw this email. She's like, I haven't looked at my emails yet. And I was like, I cannot believe she hasn't looked at her emails yet. I was like so impressed. I was like, she's even an hour ahead of me. It was literally the first thing I did as soon as I woke up. Like, why? I, who cares? It was like a bunch of junk mail. So like even that little tip, because being a saying like, oh, you should get eight hours of sleep. A lot of people be like, I can't. That's not feasible. But putting your phone down is 100% doable. So I love that.
2: Yes. and like even. one of the things that I like to do and I've been practicing it myself is before I get out of bed, before I look at my phone, I use my phone for the alarm. So I see, like I turn it off, but then I don't touch it after that. And then whenever my feet are on the floor, but before I'm out of bed, I like to just do one minute of breath work of prayer of meditation or just focus for the day. And it's just it sets you up for so much better success whenever you're thinking about stress and mental space and how you're going to choose throughout the day. So then I think whenever we talk about like why you'd be making healthy choices for yourself, whenever you're starting in the space of a little bit less stress, Mm -hmm. you're already seeing the value of making those choices because you're feeling like the benefits of a little bit more self-focus and like self care in that one minute that you're like, Oh, that's why I'm going to choose to have greens, veggies, protein, fiber, and fat at my meal today, you know, versus, um, just having a cookie, which is also okay. If you have a cookie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which I saw on your Instagram, you said like in a post to have the pure four, which is, can you tell us what that is and what, why? The why.
2: So, um, the why is well, first, I'll tell you what it is. So, it's what I just said. So, it's a kind of just a really simple, fun way to remember what your plate should look like or what your meal should look like for. Each meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner, or if you're doing little meals, this is also what should be in it. Um, Half of your plate should be greens and colorful veggies, a quarter of your plate protein. The other quarter, I like to split between fiber and fat. A lot of people don't talk about fiber, they just usually talk about a carbohydrate being that quarter of your plate. And I like to talk about fat and fiber just because all of those things together, especially getting greens at every meal and then getting your fiber and your fat helps balance out your glucose and insulin. And so there's going to be less spikes of glucose. That means there's not going to be a crash, which means later on during your day, you're not going to have those like really intense cravings for sweets or intense cravings for like food because you're going to be a little bit more satisfied because your glucose and insulin are being released at a really modest pace rather than being shot up, without any fiber or fat or protein does that make sense yeah it does but what are some foods that have a lot of fiber that you would put on your plate instead of just saying like just a carbohydrate um foods that people forget have a lot of fiber in it is avocado is a really good source of fiber oh i would have just thought that was fat it's a very good mm. source of fiber and fat mm-hmm. berries are a really good source of fiber. All of your cruciferous vegetables, like broccoli, kale, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, really good sources of fiber. Flax seeds are a really good source of fiber. Chia hemp seeds that have a little bit of fiber in it. Um, and then all of your grains. So then you could also have grains in there cause they're not off limits. You can definitely have um, the brown rice, quinoa, bulgur, amaranth anything you want in that space as well um, but just making sure that you're focusing and then something on your plate has fiber in it does that make sense yeah I didn't have yes. any fiber or greens so far today I'm,
0: <laughs> I was, I'm I was thinking about my breakfast and I'm like oh shit I gotta get some greens because okay. I usually eat like scrambled eggs with like well I put peppers in there and then I'll have like, oh my gosh, man, I love bacon. I told Christina what I eat bacon every single day almost. (laughs) I love it. It's like, sometimes I'm like, okay, eating healthy shouldn't be that hard. But then at the same time, there is, it does sometimes feel overwhelming. So like if someone's overwhelmed and like just wanting to, I guess what's is really just focusing on the pure four is like your tip or like if, if it just feels
2: overwhelming and someone doesn't know where to start, what would you say? I think the pure four can also be overwhelming. Like if you were trying to do that at every single meal and that's not how you already kind of thought about meals, that's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So I always try to say if you can just get either vegetables into every meal or try to get some more fiber at your dinner or lunch if that's easier or even just start at breakfast um starting at one meal or just one food section of the pure four is so much easier Mm -hmm. than trying to go about adding in all these things to every single meal that's one of the things that i think it's really important to find someone that you trust that um has solid nutrition knowledge to be able to help you dig through all the crap that's out there. Anyone and everyone can say their opinions on nutrition and it gets so overwhelming. It's overwhelming for the people that are in the field sometimes as well. And so having someone on your side to like dig through all of that for you and tell you what's real and what's not, or what could be appropriate for you, depending on like all the things that you're experiencing and what's not, I think is is really important. And that's also something to help because if we're talking about stress, we forget sometimes that food and nutrition can be stressful. And I think that whenever you start talking about adding in like different things, we want to make sure that we're not causing more stress.
1: Obviously like food could be stressful enough. I know something that works really well for me and I would love your thoughts on this is just kind of meal prepping for the week, just having like some food ready um, so that when you want a healthy meal, you have it as, as much of it prepared as you possibly can. So then you're not like going to the quickest thing. That's like maybe like your snack cupboard or like just like a piece of toast or whatever. What are your
2: thoughts on meal prepping and like a way to do it efficiently? I think meal prepping is really great. I think that um, as long as you're always checking in, since I I like to practice a lot of intuitive eating, and so I don't want it for people, sometimes I think meal prepping can become um, a space to have a lot of like control. And as long as you're okay, that sometimes if like maybe that in the day you aren't craving exactly that meal it's okay to have something else but whenever you're thinking about the stress and the ease of life especially whenever you're a new mom or you have work or you don't know what you're gonna be doing that week um, or if you just want to spend more time with your family and not have to be cooking and doing all of those things meal prepping is a really really smart idea and I think that um, it takes away a lot of that stress of trying to or like decision fatigue I feel like I I am very exhausted most days and I don't like making decisions and um, not having to make a decision about meals is very, very helpful. And so I think meal prepping is fantastic. I'm glad you do that.
1: And you mentioned intuitive eating and I feel like I've heard so much about that and like it sounds pretty self-explanatory,
2: but can you explain it a little bit more? Because I'm like, really, what is intuitive eating? intuitive eating. So the whole philosophy was created by two dietitians. And there's like 10 principles to intuitive eating. And basically, the gist of it is, it's saying, F you to diet culture and just trying to get more in tune with your own body of being able to understand that it's okay to eat because there's no good or bad foods. There's no food rules. And whenever you're hungry, that's not you failing. It's actually you honoring your body's hunger. Um, And then being able to trust your body whenever it says it's full and being able to reconnect to those hunger and satiety cues. And then it also um, kind of works on practicing gentle nutrition. So rather than being um, inundated with a lot of nutrition things, it's just practicing really soft, gentle nutrition and focusing more on like, how do you feel? How does this food make you feel good or bad? Do you feel indifferent whenever you eat? And then also re reframing and remembering that food is supposed to bring you satisfaction. And you should always be having some sort of like, joy and satisfaction whenever you eat. And whenever you don't, that's whenever more often than not, you go searching for all that other stuff. And so whenever, I don't know if you've seen like the TikTok video or something else where it's like someone wants a cookie and then they have the pen and then they just start drawing all these squiggly lines because then it's like you go to cheat like some crackers or you go to fruit or then you go to nuts and seeds and then you go over here and you go all these different places and then you end up at eating five cookies <laughs> because then it's like more often than not your body is trying to feed some sort of need and it's trying to honor that like hunger and then honor the satisfaction of getting to eat what your body and your mouth like want because otherwise you're going to be searching and you're probably going to eat more more and then end up binging whatever you were wanting to begin with. Does that make sense? Yeah. I feel like that.
1: I feel personally attacked by that. (laughs) (laughs) I, I feel like that literally sounds like my entire life of like wanting to make healthy choices and avoiding something and then eating so much more because of it and then end up having the cookie and then ice cream on top of it too, because why not? So that's really, really interesting that you said that. A
2: lot of us do. And I think that that's, that's where it's the seek, like the horrible, like mysterious diet culture lies that have been told to us for so long that they come in with these like rules. It's like, well, it's three o'clock. So you shouldn't be wanting a cookie. So you should mm-hmm. probably have apples and almond butter instead or whatever it is, you know? And so then I think that we just have lost that connection to our bodies and lost the connection of wanting to be able to trust that we can have just one cookie and that's okay. And whenever we start giving and intuitive eating is a lot about um whenever you start giving yourself that freedom to know that you can have the cookie and it's okay just to have the cookie you're more often than not satisfied by the one cookie because you know, you can have it again. So there's not that like restrictive feeling of it being a bad food. And you're like, well, I effed up, so I might as well just eat five of them. Um, And so I think that all of us go through those feelings and all of us have felt that. And I think whenever we, it's that, why, you know, remembering like getting back to the why of like, well, why do we do this? And it's because our life has been fed to us. It'd been bad to us for forever
0: I do have a, so I one of the things that I struggle with is like when I'm out to eat or something I will be full but I will feel the need to like it's like so good like I have to keep eat. like I rarely leave my plate and I eat to a point where I know like I know I'm full but I keep eating and I think that happens to a lot of us and I guess I'm, I guess I need to get to the root of like the why, but is there a common like thing you see with people you work with as to why they always feel that like the need to do that? Um, to like, I go, I don't know if it was cause my dad was like, you have to clean your plate growing up. I'm not sure what it is, but I need help. <laughs> but also to add to that,
1: not only like finishing your plate, cause I feel like I do that, but then I'll be so full. And then also, ask for seconds or thirds. So can we we unpack both
2: of those, please? (laughs) Yes. Um, I think that familial things are for sure always there. My dad is like the king of clearing his plate, even though he's like in pain, but he like his mom grew up in the depression. And so she's like, you better clear, eat everything. Um, No, so I think that... The first thing I would say is we would need to look at like your day. So are you eating enough at breakfast and lunch or were you like missing snacks? Did you skip meals because you were like, well, I'm going to go eat out and it's really special. And this is like I'm saving up for this dinner. Because if that's the case, then more often than not, anytime you usually skip meals or you don't listen to your body's hunger or maybe um, you should also, if you see that like at dinner time you're usually eating past your fullness cue, then maybe it's saying you needed a snack in that like three o'clock time because you couldn't make it that entire time. And you're going into dinner excruciatingly hungry and hangry and probably like mean a little bit. And you're like, I just need food. Um, and whenever we get to that point, more more often than not, it's that like, do you remember me saying like that satisfaction thing, even about the cookie? It's also about your body being like, I haven't gotten enough calories today, so I'm going to get them however I want. And you're not going to be satisfied because your body is just still like, I need something. And you're just going to usually eat more. And so I would say, look at your day, look at your breakfast. Like, did you eat enough at breakfast? Did you skip lunch? Maybe you need that snack between lunch and dinner to tide you over um, to help you feel not so hungry going into dinner. And then also removing the pressure of it being like so special around the food. Because then I think whenever we think of stuff as like, you can only have it this one time, and you have to savor it, which is also okay. Because then if it is a special meal, and you want to have more, that's okay. But removing that, like, pressure of this is the only time you're going to get to have this meal so you better like eat all of it now regardless of how you feel physically Um, and it's going back to that like gentle nutrition of like how does this make you feel is this making you feel bad then you're probably not really enjoying it anymore if it's making you feel bad and wouldn't you rather like enjoy it to the point where you're like continually enjoying it instead of being in pain and then I'd say with wanting like more servings too, I would say it's probably just going back to like looking at your day. I don't know if that resonates with you too. Um, but (laughs) see, I don't, I feel like a lot of times when I eat, I'm not even hungry. Like,
1: I mean, I do eat when I'm hungry, but I just think that like, I'm going to blame my mom for this. Um, and my Greek culture, but I just feel like food was like always such a huge part of our lives. Like even my parents have been here for the past month. And they, my my mom cooks like huge lunches, huge breakfasts, huge dinners, and we like had formal like breakfast together, lunch together, dinner together, and that's just how it's always been my entire life. And I feel like so much of when I eat, I eat just because to eat because I should. I feel like I should be eating, or because I freaking food is delicious. You know what I mean? So um, I don't know. It's really interesting, and I think that a lot of people feel like that too. And I, I don't know if it's like a cultural thing or not.
2: I think that a lot of like the big meals is probably cultural and definitely like parents. Um, like, I mean, food being a part of our lives is probably like different based on like our cultures. But, um, I think that, that, that is truthful about like how some people feel. I would say if you're always not feeling hungry or do you feel like whenever you do eat, um, do you feel like you fill up fast? Like, does it take a lot, like much to make you feel like full? I don't think it takes that much to make me feel full. Like, I I
1: think if I think I'm full, I'm just eating because I just think it tastes good and I want more. (laughs) Like, it's not because I'm still hungry. (laughs) I don't know. I would love like our listeners to let us know how you feel too, because I feel like a lot of people eat like that. They're like, oh, this is delicious. Pretty much what you were just saying, right? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The only time I really will say I feel hungry and I'm eating is like in the morning. I'm starving when I wake up in the morning. And I always eat a huge breakfast.
2: Do you wake up in the middle of the night at all? Yes. Like pre, pre baby, (laughs) pre baby. No, but since I was, since I've been pregnant, yes. (laughs) I would say if you like one little trick is that if you're waking up super hungry, or if you wake up in the middle of the night, that could be that like you actually um, are hungry. And Mm -hmm. so it's like you're glucose is low and your body wakes up. And so a trick is to like have a little snack before you go to bed. I know most people are like, don't eat um, two hours before you want to go to bed, which is great for digestion. But also if you're waking up at all, having a little snack of like a fat and a protein at night. Can actually help you sleep more restfully and help you to where your glucose isn't low. And then you, whenever you wake up, you may not be as starving and you may have a little bit more restful sleep. I think that um, a lot of people, this is where, if we go back to like New Year's resolutions and diet culture and things like that, that like people say, don't eat unless you're hungry. Um, and I think that. Yes, we need to make sure that we're honoring our hunger and our fullness, but sometimes it's like whenever you are eating and you may not be hungry, like for lunch or um, probably lunch and dinner, but you're kind of setting yourself up for success if you have a little bit of lunch and then maybe have a snack so that at dinner you don't overeat. Um, But as long as you're enjoying food, and I think that it's more about then learning to trust that you would be able to have all those delicious things again that you wouldn't go for like the seconds or thirds and as long as and then if you do go for the seconds and thirds not feeling guilty or shame that you get went to the seconds and thirds because that's okay and it's not ruining any like plan you've been doing it doesn't throw you off the wagon it doesn't defeat any goal that you've had um, I think people have been fearful that like if they mess up once then everything's ruined and in reality, there's it, it barely makes a blip on the the whole story of your health. I think that's a really good thing to know because I know in the
1: past, I've done that too. It's like, oh, you mess up. Oh, well, this day is gone. I've already messed up. So I might as well eat whatever I want for the rest of the day. And like, just that feeling of guilt, feeling that guilt in your body. And I know a lot of women right now too, it's like, you want to be confident and you want to be positive. Right. But you might want to change your body too. And it's like, how do you deal with those feelings and, uh, and emotions? And that's something I'm struggling with right now too. Like over the past year, my body has gone through so many changes. I was the strongest I've ever been. I was training for a half marathon. Then I've been pregnant for nine months and now I have a baby. Good. So it's like, how do you, like right now I want my body to change again. Like I, I haven't really worked out. I haven't given myself this opportunity, you know, to really do anything like eating for me or working out for me. And like, how do I like want to change my body, but do it in a positive way without feeling guilty about all the things.
0: I think Christina, are you saying like, I feel like sometimes in at least Christina in I's industry, wanting to like change your body or lose weight is maybe seen as a negative thing. Is that what you're saying, Christina? Yeah. How do you go how do you deal with like wanting to lose weight and
1: doing it from a positive way, a sustainable way and not going through it with like a negative approach to your body? You want, you change your body out of love, not out of hate. Mm
2: -hmm. I think that it's about, I mean, I think that ultimately your goals and the reasons why you'd be wanting to change your body. If you're coming at it from love, it's for yourself, not for, um, for an outward acceptance, love, or shown like value because you want other people to see value in you. Um, I feel like Lizzo is a good example right now of kind of that, like where she is going through like kind of a, 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 health journey, right? So she's doing some stuff that she sees valuable to her for like how she wants to do it. I haven't like looked into it a ton, so I don't quite know what she's doing. But I know that like in from the intuitive eating or for the people who are anti-diet, they got very upset that she's doing some things. Um, And I think that that's not fair for anyone to put pressure on people whenever they're doing something that they feel like they need to do for themselves. And so I think that... Well, as long as you know that you're doing the changes for you, that's the ultimately the the best place to be. And then the next step would be making sure that you're doing something that's lasting and that's not going to be this yo-yo up and down um, that you're really focusing in on. Is there any underlying issues as to why you maybe are holding on to some weight or um, is there something else going on, like health wise that we need to talk about first. And then I think it's going through and figuring out, okay, for my body, what weight do I need to be at? And I think for intuitive eating, if someone is practicing intuitive eating, they are going to say that like, you can't be doing weight loss. Um, But more often than not, I think it's very, it's very safe to be losing weight. I think it's about whenever you learn your hunger and satiety cues, you'll probably lose weight, or you'll be at the weight that your body likes. And then there is ways to do it safely, um, to ensure that you have it lasting. I think that that's the most important part. Doing the pure at every meal and listening to your hunger and satiety cues is a good first step. But I think that giving yourself the grace and also like, think talking to the people who are looking at maybe people in your industry or looking at people like Lizzo or whatever is giving people grace to be able to do what they feel like they need to do for themselves. And so, um, and for different goals, like what you were saying, Christina, it's like you have ran a half marathon. That's a completely different nutrition path than trying to breastfeed a baby Um, completely different nutrition goal for whenever you're done breastfeeding and you are getting back to just eating for you Um, different goals and different life moments, have different focuses. And I think people need to understand that we ebb and flow throughout our life and there will be different goals. And if you don't feel comfortable or like not about confidence, but if you don't feel comfortable or it feels good at a certain weight, I think that it's okay to want to lose weight. Um, It's just about how to do it. And it's never going to be through fasting or through a severe diet or restriction or things like that Um, because of what we were saying, like those pillars, if you do it that way, more often than not your relationship with food is being damaged and then it's not going to stick. And then you're just going to keep going back and forth.
1: Did I, did I answer that at all for you? Yeah, no, absolutely. And you also, you spoke a, a little bit about hormones and underlying like health issues. Are there certain things that you've seen like, that maybe a lot of women struggle with or suffer with, that they should maybe get checked out if they feel like um, they're not hitting their weight goals and they're doing everything they can or or trying to do everything.
2: Yeah, a lot of things, like why I was asking you a little bit about how you feel going into like your meals or if you get full fast is that a lot of people actually have some like stomach issues that are underlying and then they don't know about, and it could be causing that. rather than it being that you can't lose weight in your midsection, like, or you're feeling like, you're feeling bloated post meals, it could be because like, maybe you don't have enough stomach acid in your stomach and you can't actually break down the food. And so it's causing you to bloat. If you can't break down the food, then you're not absorbing the nutrients that you need. And so then that could be causing more issues. I would say for hormone wise, your thyroid is going to be a big one that people need to look at. And then if you have any sort of issue with um, your periods, I would be looking at Like any sort of PCOS and looking at your estrogen, your testosterone, any androgens, that sort of thing. That's going to cause you to have like a lot of issues, too, with being able to um, lose weight or not be able to lose weight. And what type of doctors would you go
1: to? Like if I wanted to check like my gut issues, like what would I who would I go to?
2: I mean, I am going to selfishly plug Parsley because I am a health coach at Parsley. And I think that we are a wonderful um, combination between functional medicine and... um, traditional medicine. But I would say looking for anyone who would be practicing some sort of functional medicine or functional nutrition is going to be really helpful. Um, So a dietitian that practices functional medicine, um, anyone who is focused on the gut, and also if you are having any sort of like gut issue that also can contribute to you not being able to lose weight, because then you won't be able to um, absorb nutrients the way that you need to and that sort of thing. So and Amanda,
1: do you have any um, PCOS tips? This is a, one question that we've gotten a lot um, from our listeners. And to be honest with you, Rayanne and I aren't too familiar with PCOS, but I know it's something that a lot of women struggle with.
2: Yeah, I would say um, finding a dietitian or a doctor who would be able to help with like the specific amounts of the supplements. But if you want to do PCOS and not be on birth control, um, then I would say looking into either a paleo kind of diet or um, a modified keto is going to be really helpful because more often than not with PCOS, you are experiencing some sort of insulin resistance. And so especially if you're dealing with it without birth control, you have to try to manage that insulin. And so it's kind of like how you would treat or go about focusing on slow carbohydrates to help with like diabetes as well. But it's more focused for hormones and then there are specific supplements that are going to be really helpful with diet or with PCOS, which would be, um, myelinositol NAC um, Vitex is a supplement that has been shown to be really helpful in kind of taking the place of birth control. So it helps balance your estrogen and progesterone and estradiol a little bit better so that, um, you can be able to get those hormones in place to be able to help with your weight and then help with um, getting your period back to and getting it to be more of a regular kind of thing.
0: Awesome. That's super helpful. Um, and I think just the last thing to end on, um, like super quickly, um, we wanted to just ask like your very quick thoughts on a few things, if you can say things very, very quickly. So there are a lot of like fad things. So I know you just mentioned a modified keto, but keto is this, what are your like quick overall thoughts on it?
2: the ketogenic diet was actually made for people who were dealing with epilepsy. And so diets specifically are mainly just for people who are dealing with something. So if I'm saying like a paleo or a modified keto, that's because people's hormones and their specific needs fit to this diet. So for me, diets are really just for people who are needing specific things. And so the ketogenic diet, if you have epilepsy, awesome. It's also been shown to be helpful with type 2 diabetes. Um, I think that if you're being monitored by a physician or a doctor or someone who can be tracking your glucose levels, then it's, it can be really helpful. But for the general person, it's really restrictive. It's not something that is sustainable for an extended period of time. More, Most of the time, the people who are really into like keto more often than not, you hear them like, well, I'm going to go into ketosis this time, or they get really into it for a little bit, and then they fall off. And more often than not, you see them kind of binging on some of the things that they couldn't have. And so it just kind of feeds back into that yo yo kind of diet. So Mm. keto is good. If you have a specific need for it, for the general public, I don't think that it's a safe thing to do because more often than not, you're going to go back into that yo-yo. And anytime you like lose weight and gain weight and lose weight and gain weight, you're actually doing some damage to your body. Interesting. What are your thoughts on intermittent fasting? So <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts on intermittent fasting. <laughs> um <laughs> I think that um, if you want to do a, a an intermittent fast, you can definitely do it in a safe way. Unfortunately, I think it if we're going from an approach of an intuitive eating anyone that I've talked to who's done intermittent fasting, they feel they're really hungry and they usually overeat during that fat or like during the time that they can eat. And because they're not able to listen to their body's cues whenever they really wish that they could have eaten at 8am, but they had to wait until 11, then they usually overconsume and try to eat, eat, eat. Or it becomes where they've lost a lot of weight at the beginning of intermittent fasting and then they kind of plateau and it's become like, it's almost become a new kind of eating disorder where it's just an obsessive compulsive thing that like they have to do it and then they it becomes very restrictive and it's very hard to be able to like keep going.
0: Yeah, thank you for your thoughts on that. I think those are two of the things that we really wanted to ask you about because those are like very popular topics right now. So we appreciate sharing your quick thoughts on those things and all of the information you shared today was so incredibly helpful. Um, So thank you. Uh, Christina, do you have any last questions or?
1: No, but I really want you to tell everyone where they can find you. Um, If they have any questions, is it okay if they slide into your DMs? Like if you have any resources, we hope that you can share them with us too so we can link them um, in the show notes because you definitely have so much information
2: and your and your why makes so much of a difference. Well, thank you so much for having me. First of all, I really appreciate it. And I'm really glad to get to be um, a part of this topic and getting to talk about this stuff. It makes me really um, excited. And so one of the ways that you can find me is on Instagram at Purely parent P-U-R-E-L-Y parent P-E-R-R-I-N and then um, QLC Girls you can also find me there and on the podcast um, Quarter Life Crisis and then um, if you want to you can also find me at Parsley some good resources definitely I think Parsley is a really good resource Um, Institute of Functional Medicine um, Intuitive Eating uh, if you just Google that you'll find a lot of stuff on that as well
1: Thank you so much, Amanda. I'm
2: literally going to slide into your DMs
1: and ask you a million (laughs) questions because now that I'm on this new journey, I like need all the help.
2: Well, I'm here to help you every step of the way. And I am happy to have you slide into my DMs. Thank you so much. You're amazing. (laughs) Thank you,
0: Amanda. We will talk to you soon.
2: Thank you. (laughs) Bye.